Why? <laughs> Why? Unbelievable. <laughs> if you were a men's physique guy, would you run with your shirt off all the time in the summer? But you have your complexion. So for, <laughs> for the listener at home, fair skin. Uh, so you're going to get sunburned. But then everybody sees that you're you're bringing the hardest action. I mean... Like an IFBB pro men's physique guy, so like it's I have like uh, yeah, like, like an extremely desirable physique. Yeah, or like top level, like a top level amateur, national level amateur. Yeah, probably. Would you? I mean, would you? Probably. I think it's the, like if you lived in an urban area. Let's say you lived if here in Columbus, like in the short nor- north. 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 Short north. Or like even Bridge Park, right? It's a place where there's shops and people mixed use. Facilities, I think, is the technical term. Would you always do the move where you go for runs on like Saturday and Sunday afternoons in the summer when it's like max people, just so everybody can see you rolling so hard with your fitness, and then also see your physique? And then maybe maybe with a chance you see them later, and then they well, remember your physique. I don't understand the like. I get if it's like hot out. I get that aspect. But I don't get the, like, thought process of, like, someone's going to, like, stop you. Like, an absolute 10 is going to stop you and be like, all right, like, what, how can I contact you after this? Well, I'll give, I'll give you my thoughts. I mean? And then I think the only right thing is to turn to Amanda as, as the lady here to see, like, how effective this tactic is. Yeah. It's very common. Or is it, like, because in reality, someone probably sees and you're like, wow, that guy has an awesome physique. Perfect, I'm going to grab these tomatoes. You know what I mean? I think that's what actually happens. It's like, oh, that guy's in great shape. All right, so anyway, you know, let's go get a coffee. Like, you don't really notice it. But from the mindset of that person, the only reason to run, because that's very disruptive to your running. Like, the sidewalk is full of people. So you're forever weaving around them. Your pacing is off. You're going to have to go out into the street, which is also busy. Uh, so that you're only doing, you're not doing it for the run itself. You're doing it so you get noticed by people. And so you can like, yeah, pick up chicks basically, potentially. So $10 million question is, does that work? Like you're in the short north. Let's say you're you're available, right? And you see somebody with a great physique going for a run. Do you take notice of them? And then maybe you see them see them at some some watering hole later and you're, you know, what's like, going on? Like Chris Bumstead level, like, because you're, if you haven't listened to the past couple episodes, <laughs> you should. Amanda basically can't keep herself together when she sees Chris Bumstead. Pause, so, Except that I would the also take and look at Arnold over Chris Bumstead. Yeah. And well, his, come on. Eh, there's oh, something boy. wrong with you. Anyway, um, I, I don't know. I mean, the odds of you then bumping into that person again later is very slim. Like Not if, necessarily. If you yeah. live down there and they live down there. How long have we like lived here and seen the same people over and over again? I keep and over seeing again? this guy. I keep seeing that guy. It's the third time. The third time in how long? Like two months. Do you think about pulling over and being like, what's going <laughs> on? <laughs> Jeez Louise. Uh, no. So the only way that that would actually like cause me to say something would be like... If he's running and then like we both get stopped at like a crosswalk, like so I'm not gonna what, interrupt then, somebody's like. Then what like, would you? Then what, what do you say? Do you say like, yeah. you, have a, you have a beautiful physique, or, or do you like what's going on? No, you just, what who you says say? that? You just his yeah, what? Do, what do you say? Let's say you're very attractive. First of all, like, how do you? 
Someone that, I'm very attractive to him. To you're attracted to him. The people. Know. I'm just talking. Now you're trying to save yourself. The workers uh-huh. at Lululemon told me one time that I did have a beautiful physique. That's so, so weird. I, Whoever said that to you, I need to like go talk to them. That's not it appropriate. worked because then I bought it. Oh, boy. No. I'm way more likely. If 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 some 9 or 10 tells me, basically, you, you're super, you look great in those pants, I'm like, all right, perfect. Well, when was the last time you went shopping for pants without me? I've effectively never. Okay. When I was then. 12 years okay. old. All right. So. <laughs> but that's what I mean. When you tell me uh-huh. that Don't I try. look great, <laughs> then I'm like, all right, perfect. Well, we'll no buy bra- it. No brownie points here for Let's you, Let's do sir. it. And then you grab my, my little back. Fast. <laughs> what? So, uh, back to like what? I, I would mean, you... it would just strike up a conversation. Like, I'm not. How's this happen? I'm not a stranger. Like, I don't know this person, so it's just gonna be like, uh, has this? Hey, are before? you enjoying? You know, enjoying your run? How's your day? Like, just a normal conversation. But the odds of somebody like that that's like running around, they probably have their earbuds in. They're not paying you a lick of attention. Where they are. Or the adrenaline's rolling. They're listening to an unbelievable song. And you're like, what's going on? And then at that point, they're like, they're shooting. They're not doing it. They play it cool, but they're shooting finger guns in the air. Like, oh, this boy. is what I've been... Hoping what, for? Yeah, it's like the Phil Collins song. Like, I, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then, in the air tonight. And then, and then you're just, you know, you, then you then they hit you with these lines that they've been practicing. Oh, boy. See, this is the difference between men and women. Like, no. This is so weird. So weird. I don't know. So I'd I'd be interested to see what people think. Does it have an impact on you? Yeah, you're like, oh, that that guy looks nice. He's in good shape. And then you're going about your day. Like, whereas men, on the other hand, will yell at you from a moving car. That does happen. Walking down the street, like, that's going to do something. What's the best, what do they think is going to happen? Nothing! If they do, I don't understand. That's the curious thing, is like, what what is the expected outcome? I don't know. I have zero idea. I I don't understand it. I don't know. You know how you get noticed, if you want to be noticed, is you have a great training mindset. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That was like the worst possible segue. I thought it was good. And wording ever. <laughs> Get noticed because you have a great training mindset. No one knows or understands your training mindset if they just see you out and about. No, they... You the, have a good physique. As the result of a very good training mindset. That's what I mean. Uh-huh. The, because you train very productively, mm. you have a physique that maybe others find to be desirable. Uh-huh. Or aesthetically attractive, which is fine. It's human nature. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's just the reality. So we had some listener submitted questions that we thought it would be fun to address today based around uh, training mindset broadly and how to approach challenging sets within a workout more specifically. And so I think this is an interesting thing because everybody deals with this in some way, shape, or form. And I think all three of us maybe do it somewhat differently. 
Um, and you, the listener, may do it differently still. So we'll share our experiences and our thought process and hopefully come away with it for, with some good tactics when you're presented with a challenging working set that you need to get yourself through mentally. Yeah, I think it's not even necessarily just a training set. It could be like a day, right? You know that this is going to be a crazy leg day. Um, and, and being able to approach that day with not such a negative mind of like, this is going to suck, right? Like, I'm going to be in pain for the next hour trying to do this because I'm sore, whatever. And should like be, moving should, through that. If you're that sore, should you be training legs? You should training not be training legs. legs. Don't, 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 oh, should not be training legs. <laughs> push, push back a day. Do you think there are anyone? There's anyone who thinks that upper body days are harder uh, systemically and then just like uh, emotionally than than lower body days? Do you think uh, there are people out there who's like, yeah, man, like upper body press just destroys me? Um, yeah, I would say for females, for sure, because females are not upper body strong. And so I would say, especially if you're starting out, like working towards your push up or working towards a pull up um, or anything like that for a female, for sure. Yeah, Do you feel I'm, that way? No, I'm I mean, saying, once upon I a time, I'm, I'm sure that, that like that was no, a but difficult thing. Right now in your programming, do you get a little like more anxious and uncomfortable about a leg day or... Like a pressing or pulling day. Uh, I think that's the... I don't think it's like, yeah, like some... I do get tired from an upper body day, but it's not like you're not thinking about it 24 hours before. Uh, not necessarily. I think, again, it goes back to like being a female. Like we are not predominantly strong in our upper body. So that day can be more challenging than a leg day. I mean, if we go back to like talking about squatting right and the number of squats and and that when we were doing physique templates like yeah squat days crushed me in terms of like it was a lot of volume but i was more fatigued from upper body days that's what we mean we mean like nervous going in yes as a female, if you're telling me that I'm going to do bench press and then I'm going to do accessory works to help with that, yeah, like an upper body day can be very challenging. That's so interesting. Yeah, do you I ever feel say, that way? Literally you complete, are men. You are, pretty, you are stronger in your upper like, body. You're having, you can't, it's like unbelievable. It's yeah. actually enjoyable. I don't think it, of like, I don't th- yeah, when somebody's like, yeah, you're going to do, you're going to do incline bench, you're going to do flies, and then you're going to do horizontal press, and then you're going to do a couple accessories. I'm like, you better believe it. You better believe it. But, and it, I don't think it's a strength thing, because then the next day, when you're like, you're going to squat, you're going to beat, match or beat last three weeks reps at a heavier weight, like your hands are shaking when you're brushing your teeth, like before you go, like my heart rate will be at 140 when I get in the car because you're, it's, you, it makes you nervous because you know how difficult it's going to be because what you did last week was ridiculously difficult and you have to beat that. So like, that makes me like unbelievably nervous, I but think, the upper body days are just, you're having I a great think, time. Again, I, this is the difference. You guys are men. I am a female. That's the reality of the situation. Maybe, upper body days are harder for women. I can't wait to ask people about yeah, this. Yeah, I week. think, I'm not disputing that that's not I'm not true, saying that they're more scared like, of upper body days than lower body days. I'm just saying that there are upper body days that like, like this is going to take me for a ride today. I think you're getting real fiery about it. 
I think well, cause you're I, like I, arguing I, with me like I'm like wrong about this. Yeah, you <laughs> asked my opinion. No, you are a man and a man and I am a female. And so doing pull-ups, doing push-ups, bench pressing of any kind of variety or doing any kind of chest work, like that is difficult for most females to do because we are not upper body strong. Like that's just the reality of it. That's why it takes longer for women to do a pull-up, longer for women to do a push-up. We're not disputing that, but is okay, it like emotionally so, more, does it freak you out more? Yes. Than like you many, personally. Especially for me when I'm like benching by myself at the gym. Yeah, that's beyond scary to think about going in and benching and being like, all right, well, last week I did this at 120 pounds. Now I'm doing 130 pounds and I got to beat my reps. Yeah, that's that's scary. More so than squatting. Yeah. So I let me squat all day. Interesting. I think, well, I think either way, no matter of this, we'll see what the least listener says about that, but uh, I think some people get what we just talked about in terms of that feeling of maybe being a little anxious or nervous before, or in the days prior, you know that you have like that one, one day or maybe a couple days that are a little bit tougher than the other days of the week. Um, and that it's not just, you know, everyone gets nervous. All of us get that kind of feeling where you're like almost dreading, not necessarily dreading, but just like that, that day is kind of the standout day. Uh, so I think some clients are like, oh, it's just, that's like, don't understand that everyone gets that. That's a normal thing. Not only does everyone get it, I think you should have it. Like the, the overarching uh, st- statement that I'm going to make throughout this whole chat is that like your training, and we've said this before, and we're going to keep saying it because it's that important. Your training should be hard, like H A R D hard. If you're coming in and you can talk to someone during your sets, if you're like dancing around in between, you're really not bringing it that hard. Sorry. Like, cause if you, if you're really super focused and if it's a challenging, appropriate weight for you, you're not saying anything to anybody cause it takes your 100% focus. And so those are some good litmus tests. And, and if that makes you, if you're nervous going into a session, that's okay. Now, do we want it to be like paralyzing where it like you're missing sleep and stuff like that? Or you're like having an anxiety attack? No, absolutely not. We don't want to be that way. That's a situation where you'd want to talk to your coach you know or somebody who if you don't have a coach like somebody who can help you through that because it shouldn't be something like that it's extreme where you're upset upset but if it makes you a little nervous uh, it's, it's you're probably doing what you need to be doing i think even uh like pro- professional bodybuilders who have been doing who have not only been lifting weights but who have been in the ifbb for like a decade or more still get that feeling before like notoriously before a leg day and they do it at least twice a week every week for 10 years you know what i mean and it's still and they effectively do the same things every week and they know what they're going to do but that still doesn't go it's completely normal for everyone it's still hard it still has to be hard and the fact that you know it's going to be hard is what makes you a little bit nervous but that's inherently a good thing now, obviously, we're not 
throughout this, not going to advocate that you do anything dangerous, right? You should have someone to spot you if you're bench pressing or at least some safety guards. Um, same thing with something like squatting. You, sh there should, you should either be comfortable bailing on a back squat or like you have the safety guards, you have somebody that, that can help you, all that kind of stuff. So it's a safety first sort of situation. But once you get sort of beyond that, your technique allows for you to try really hard, that's that's kind of where we need to be. And so the goal here is to give you some techniques to allow you to try really hard, but to sort of conquer it mentally. Yeah, I think that that's, that's ultimately the part that needs to push you is like the desire to progress, the desire to get better, the desire to move closer to your goals. Um, so having those like nervous butterflies, like this day is going to be hard, um, but knowing that you can do it and that whether you get to that after you do your first set or after you warm up, whatever the case may be, um, it's just remembering like why you're doing it. So why don't we get into how we work through this? So kind of the crux of this is how you work through a challenging working set in training. So why don't we start with Amanda? Like, what's your strategy? Let's pick a movement too that makes you nervous. So maybe it's bench press and maybe it's heavy. How do you approach that set in your mind? Um, <clears throat> so I think obviously the first part of that comes like in warm up, right? And like feeling good within the movement. Um, or the opposite, right? Like as you're warming up, you're like, oh man, like this feels heavy and I still have another 20 pounds to go. Um, and it's just believing that like you're, you're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. Um, and just kind of accepting that it's worth trying, right? Like it's worth giving it your best effort to do whatever it is that you can do in that moment, in that day. Okay, so that's your warm-ups. And sort of getting yourself in a mental place, in a physical place, and like a nervous system place to hit heavy weights. So let's say you you get through that, you feel good, you take your, you know, if you're going to do a potentiating set where you do one or two, which you don't. But, I do not, no. Uh, let's, <laughs> so you just do whatever. You make your last jump. Let's say you go, you're going to bench, you're going to finish at 130, so you do you do 110 or whatever, you're, or 115. For two or three, which all right, so you're shaking your head. So what would be the <laughs> last one? I would, I would not jump 15 pounds in a bench like to do that, especially because it's not a movement that I'm super comfortable with. Um, so for me, my last warm up set may be like 120 or 125 before I hit 130. All right, so we'll say 120. You do a couple there, and that feels challenging, but fine. You rack it, you take a little break, and so now let's say you have a spotter there or safety guards in place, either one. Obviously, your preference is to have a spotter. Uh, you sit down and lay down on the bench, and you take the bar out of the rack, and let's let's say your rep target from last week is nine. So match or beat nine. Mm -hmm. How do you approach that? Um, so for me, obviously, being at the Metro, like, music is, is huge for me. And, like, whatever kind of mood I'm in, like getting something that's going to get me excited. Um, so just kind of turning the music up, sitting down and going, okay, we're just going to take it one rep at a time. Um, and for me in something like that, 
Uh, I do prefer to count up. Um, and then just as I get closer to that, taking a second, taking a deep breath, resetting myself at the top, uh, and then pushing for those last like two to three reps, hoping to push past or meet that nine. So let's say you get to nine and it was tough, but you feel like you could do more. Your target was nine. So you just, do you just rack the bar or do you keep going? Uh, no. So obviously it depends on, uh, I am currently training with reps in reserve. Um, so if nine was difficult, but not, let's just say two reps, like I feel like I could do more than two reps and I would keep pushing. So you're not that. at two IR, R, I, R. when you get to nine, you're at three or four. Yeah. You just keep going, right? Keep going. Okay. What's your current song? Like, cause it, I mean, it obviously Excellent varies question. by week. Like I have a new one basically every three days. <laughs> but like what's your current song like hype song basically um like a go-to for me uh for something like that if i need like anger like i gotta push type thing is uh corn coming undone like i can't you can't not push to that song that's a good one all right excellent so we'll move to rye uh, so how do you, let's do the same line of questioning. Cause I think we're all going to be a little different. So what's your, uh, what is kind of your dreaded movement or not dread, but possibly, <laughs> but like one where you're, you know, you're aware of it. It's uh, calling to you. Probably back squat or leg press or hack squat. Any of those. Any lower body squatting thing. Yeah. All three of those have the same approach. Like what I'll say for my approach is the same. All right. So how do you uh, attack warming up for that first? Let's pick. I guess they're all the same. So you could just you can pick one if you want, or we can we'll just, just do, do back squat because that's easier. Okay. So if we're if I'm supposed to be working at, it's not even that hot in here. You do have Anyways. a good sweat going. Yeah. Are you nervous? I'm fired up. A little bit nervous. Got you me are all excited. Spicify today. Got me all excited. Anyways, <laughs> um, it's all that talk about Chris Bumstead. Yeah, that's what it was. He's handsome. What are you going to do, you know? It's seriously making me question things. Calm yourself. <laughs> you point out that somebody's handsome. Calm yourself. So let's say that I'm going to be back squatting 275 for my working sets. Which we kind of talked about this the other week, but I'd go like a couple with the empty bar, hit a couple groiners, 135, 185, 225, probably at this point 275. Um, and I would, let's say my target is 12. I like to count to a certain number, knowing because I know that at that weight or at a heavier weight, 12 is going to be pretty tough. And the last couple are going to be relatively uncomfortable. I'll pick a number, so usually eight to get to, and then I think of it as four. So I'll count to eight, and then I just count one, two, three, four, or one, two, one, two. So that way it breaks it up in my head, and I don't take it out and do like four, and you're like, this feels awful. I'm not only going to die, I'm also going to hurt myself, and there's no, and then I'm only going to be at six, right? So if I can tell myself I just have to get to eight, knowing that 275 is something that I can pretty easily continue to move with even if it feels heavy or if I'm out of breath or I'm starting to get fatigued getting to eight and telling myself only four more is a lot easier so same thing with leg press 
uh, or hack squat or things like that where you can kind of generally keep moving uh, even if it's slow and push past that point of where your brain's like, oh, that one was slow and heavy, probably stop. Um, yeah, so that's how it would go for me. Generally with that stuff. If it's something where it's lighter, like in a, like a cable face pool, I'll just count to the number because I don't care. I think that's a really, actually a really good point. So it depends on like the the diff- systemic difficulty of the movement. So if you put like back squat, bench press, deadlift in one category, those are very different systemically and probably how you approach them in terms of mindset than like dumbbell lateral raise, dumbbell bicep curl, face pull, things like that that aren't calf raise, that aren't super, super fatiguing. They might get uncomfortable in the moment, but aren't like... They're not going to stress you out too much. Or I have another one, like single leg stuff, like lunges. If you're alternating legs, uh, counting like one, one, two, two, instead of like to 10, like 10 per leg instead of 20, I think is way easier. Because otherwise you get to like 11 and you're like, Jesus Christ, like 20 so far away. That's absurd. You and I effectively do the exact same thing. So like split squats, it's like if there's 15, like you think... 15 front foot elevated split squats and you're like i i'm not even i'm gonna just leave right now i'm never gonna work out again but if you do five or three sets of five that's so much easier guys are so weird it's yeah the the uh unilateral stuff one one two two three three works so much better than counting up because you get to eight and you're counting you have to count to 20 or 24 and you're like there's just no chance there's just no chance i'm gonna make it but Count one, one, two, two, up to twelve. No problem, no big deal. And then you can put the bar in the rack and then hang there for a second, and breathe real hard. But you did it, so you're fine. You take your time and you go again. So I do the same thing. Um, my warm ups look very similar. I'm an old man, so if I'm going to back squat, I'll I'll jump on the seated abduction machine a little bit. I'll jump on the leg press and do that to like warm up my hips and ankles and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like a little more primed. Um, a big thing is I, I probably take more warm-up sets than you guys do, but I feel like that gets me warmer uh, and more primed in terms of my nervous system and my movement patterns uh, than fewer. So it takes, like my sessions just take longer because I do that, but I, I could care less. Just, they take as long as they take. Um, and I do the exact same thing. Like if it's back squat and I have to do 12, I'll do eight and then I'll think of it like two and two or four singles or whatever. Uh, and I think that's super effective because otherwise it's the same thing. If you don't, you get to five and you have one that's like a little squirrely and you're like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. But if you just, you just think I'm going to get to eight, I'm going to bust out eight nice and quick and then I can bulldog my way through four or five if I need to. No problem. Yeah, I mean, I guess I get that. I There are certain things, probably in squatting, um, I record a lot of my stuff. Um, and I'll get to, like, if I'm squatting, and I'll, I'll get to 8, and then I just stop squatting. Because if my target's 12, like, I know... You stop like, squatting? Or, or cop, stop, stop counting. Uh, because I know I have the video, and I can just go back and count. Like, roughly, you know how many, like if you've done four or five or seven after that, like 
is not going to be as big of an issue. Uh, so I'll just go back and watch the video because at that point I know I'm more fatigued and it's more important for me to focus on my form and making sure I'm not like sending my butt up first or letting my chest drop forward as opposed to spending the time focusing on counting my reps. I think the only thing with that is like if you do have a rep target and then you like it's 12 you get to eight and then stop counting in your head and keep going like you may get caught like obviously you have an idea generally if you did like one more or seven but like you may get caught in like like the last four reps can take longer you know what i mean if you're resting in between or your like rep speed slows down so that may just throw you off in terms of like but you're more in tune with that that's the point right like is is you've now on you're not focused on like counting one two or one two or nine ten eleven twelve like you're not focused on counting now you're really focused on what does my movement look like for these next reps that are going to be super hard um, and you're just able to focus on the movement pattern itself. Yeah, I think you're making a really good point, but I could I see both sides. So I'm not sure. I think if you stop counting, you're at risk of you stop one short of where you need to get. And I think there's a, a lot of value, and I do it literally every single set before I go. Um, there's a lot of value in looking what you're at, at what your rep target is. And so we're obviously we're talking to our clients because they have, for the most part, rep targets, especially if they're in training for hypertrophy. Some people have strength that the rep target is static. Um, if you don't know what that is, your chances of undershooting it, I think, skyrocket. Well, you know how many you're supposed to do before you do the set. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is if you, but the, the corollary to that is if you stop counting. Yeah, so I think it's, it's like just you, like, yeah, but, you, it's a, but again, it goes back to like I'm doing reps in reserve, so I have like a rep range, right? So I right. know that I'm supposed to be whatever eight to twelve. So I've hit eight, and so any number up to twelve is going to be great and fall within what I'm supposed to accomplish. But now I can truly focus on like how close am I to technical or actual failure. And it doesn't matter the number of which I get, whether it is only one more or whether it is four more or whether it's seven more, I'm able to focus on the movement in and of itself. The caveat to that is you're good at judging reps in reserve. And so this actually becomes more of an internal coaching talk is the reality is, especially if you're newer to resistance training or even if you're like kind of a, an early intermediate Chances are your ability to judge how close you are to failure may not be very good because things get very uncomfortable as you get close. And so the desire to re-rack the bar or to set the weights down skyrockets. And, you know, some people, when viewed externally, are still actually moving really well. They're moving really quickly. And they're like, yeah, I was close to failure. And, like, you definitely weren't. You were, like, seven reps away from failure. And so... What I've gone to really more is giving people targets. Like, I'm going to help you get close, and I'm not going to force you in the moment to figure out if you're close. Now, Amanda's obviously not a beginner. She's not an early intermediate. She's much closer to being advanced. So her ability to judge proximity to failure is very well developed. So that makes sense for you. And again, listening to this, you may be closer to advanced, and you're really, really good at that. You're really comfortable failing if you need to. And again, that, and so that may make a ton of sense. I think if you're newer to resistance training, 
the match or beat system is designed to help you and to, to take the guesswork out of it because unfortunately you're you may guess wrong more often than you guess right and leave a lot of potential progress on the table. Yeah, and with that too, I would say even though for our clients we prescribe rep targets, um, we're doing that obviously with the knowledge of how well you move, um, how difficult that movement may be, whether you're in week one or whether you're in week six. and the reality is, is, is we prescribe X number plus, right? Because we know right. you should be able to get to that number, period. But that doesn't mean you get to that number and you stop. And that's where, like, this comes into play. And for something like bench press, if you have a spotter, then, then a lot of times I'll just tell whoever's spotting me, like, okay, I need to get to at least eight and then I need you to count the rest for me. Or like I said, with if I have my phone and I'm recording it, then I just count from there. Um, but anything like that that you think is going to help you, especially if you have a training partner and you're in the gym with someone, if counting for you doesn't work and you just want to focus on the movement, then ask your training partner to count for you and just give you like a, okay, you're at eight. You're at 12. Like, and so then you're not so focused on the number that you're hitting and you're really dialed into the movement itself. Well, and I think regardless of the training situation you're in, everybody has at this point a phone that can video things. I'm sure there's you know, 10 people out there that don't. Everyone who's listening to this does, realistically. Um, so you can always video yourself. And frankly, you should be videoing yourself because you need to be able to see, okay, so on rep eight, so I got 10, but on rep eight, it started to really fall apart. So, and this is what falling apart looks like for me in this movement. So this is what I need to be careful of. And again, this is just sort of taking control of your training and it requires you to be a little more intentional, a little more thoughtful and care um, as opposed to just sort of coming and going through the motions, but you get a lot more out of it if you do it. And if you're listening to this podcast, the assumption is like you're pretty interested in getting the most that you can out of it. For sure. Yeah. I think the uh, you, you touched on this, but again, especially if you work f- for us or with us, we work for you, but you work with <laughs> us. Um, your progression is based off data. It is not pulled out of thin air. And I think sometimes this is a little bit we could probably do a better job of explaining this. Um, so it's based on what you did last week. So yes, it's hard, but it's it's because last week you set the bar high. Um, so and we that we need to progress in some way. It needs to get a little more challenging in some way, shape, or form every week. So if you're looking at these numbers and they look daunting, that's fine. They can be daunting, but understand that it's almost certainly well within your ability because you express the ability to do it in previous weeks. Yeah, and I think if if it's something to where you're like, man, I really struggled with hitting whatever that target was, um, and this is whether you work with us or any other kind of coach remotely, and you're not providing video of something that was difficult for you, then obviously we're just going off of the data. So if you're, you know, just plugging in, oh yeah, I hit 15 reps in my first set on back squats, then okay, then that's the standard that you've set for your coach to know like, all right, this weight was, depending on what situation you're in, either not very challenging for you, 
or at a point to where, okay, we can progress you in terms of your weight. But if you did 15 in your last like seven reps, like you start rounding, your butt shoots up, your chest falls forward. You don't get the depth. Right, or or you're just not going through the full range of motion, like then those reps really don't count because you're not really getting anything out of them. Um, and we don't we don't know that because you've not submitted any sort of video. So I think if you solely work with a coach remotely um, or even in person and they're not with you every day, uh, it's important that you record yourself and submit that to your coach. I think that's that's just a good general thing to think about regardless of your fitness situation is someone needs to be monitoring your movement, either you or a coach. Uh, if you have a coach and they're not asking for movement videos, that's a, a pretty big red flag. Now, do we need to see every single movement, every single session, every single week? No. Some movements, especially if they're machine-based, are not technically challenging or in many cases uh, a particular client has demonstrated a very high level of proficiency with a movement. And so what I tend to do, just both for the convenience of the client and just manageability of working through things for me, is rotate between movements. So this week I want to see deadlift and strict press. Next week I want to see bench press and front squat. And we just rotate through and so you're still seeing everything a lot. Um, but it's not as cumbersome on the client to grab a video every week, though you still can. Um, and it can be a really good idea to monitor your own movement. And, and, you know, the caveat to that, again, is understanding what technical failure in that movement actually is and not assuming you're there because it gets very challenging. Yeah, and I think for something like a squat um, or leg press, um, something where you just kind of don't know if you're not very familiar with the movement or even if you are and you just don't know if you're actually getting the full range of motion like it's important just to kind of record yourself and see maybe you do it in your warm-up maybe you do it in your last set but it's something not only if your coach is asking you to send it to them but something that you should also be reviewing so that you know and you understand like oh that's what happened in that particular rep that's why that rep felt crappy or man i really thought i was like burying my squats and i was like barely getting to parallel it's important for you to know that as well in terms of your own training that's happened to me. Uh-huh. You think, like, I am just annihilating these. And you watch the video and you go, nope, you're at the minimal acceptable range of motion. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fix it. Make it better. Make it better. <laughs> All right. So I think we we beat this to death. Um, do you guys want to give – why don't we each go – we'll go around the horn one more time and each give, like, a good takeaway in terms of conquering challenging sessions. Um, I think, again, at the end of the day, it's just important to remember your why. Like, you're doing this for a reason, right? You're not just doing it because you want to torture yourself. Or, you know, like, this is going to suck and I just want to do it. It's like, at the end of the day, this is going to help me get to where I want to be, whether that's health, whether that's performance, whether that is, that's aesthetics. Uh, and just remembering that you can do difficult things. Uh, I think two things. One, it's not; it doesn't last forever, uh, and that was kind of the mentality that I picked up through wrestling and then also rowing. Because rowing is like basically how long can you hang on to being uncomfortable, or how long you know? I mean, how quickly can you get uncomfortable and then hang on to it? Um, 
and then just knowing that like whether it's seven minutes later or 20 minutes later it's gonna be over so i think it's the same sense in this like it doesn't last forever uh and there's even if you look at it and you have 20 total working sets at the end of your cycle and you're like jesus that's gonna take me a while it's only two hours you know what i mean and then it's over and then you have a couple weeks where it's not as intense uh so i think that's one thing and then the other thing is like personally like you kind of like i almost like it because you like that's when you know that like you're that's kind of partially what you're there for like if you're like sometimes you just have to feel that and just be like all right that's how it is that's That's, where it is that's what you signed up for yeah yeah I think uh, mine is is if you're going to set little mini targets within your sets, set your first one at more than 50% of your desired reps. So if we go back to our back squat analogy and you're going to do 12, set your initial one for like 8. Because it's demoralizing. It doesn't really help you that much mentally, potentially, if you set it for like 4. And you could. You could do, I found to do 3 sets of 4, but in the, maybe that works for you. Um, but just anecdotally... I find if you get the majority of your reps done and you take the remainder and then you can split those up, then it's it's uh, significantly more manageable for you. Uh, just since we went back to rep counting, I know that there are some people out there that prefer to count down. So if you have like 12 back squats, um, counting down from 12 to 1, sometimes that just kind of makes it easier because you're like, oh, I have less work because now instead of having 12 I have four left um so find what works best for you when you're in your whatever you think is something challenging for you in terms of your movement just try different things see what works best is doing three sets of four is counting to eight and then one two three four or one two one two or counting down whatever whatever you find works and helps to trick you to feel a little bit more comfortable in the moment and in the movement uh, is what you should do there's no right or wrong yep perfectly said all right sounds like a plan train hard think about your training and uh, we'll see you next time see ya